Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Rachel Lyon to explore the latest in global cybersecurity news, trending topics, and industry transformation initiatives impacting governments, enterprises, and our way of life. Now, let's get to the point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to To The Point, episode 127, where we pick up with part two of our discussion with SE Media Editor-in-Chief Jill Itoro. I'm Rachel Lyon here with host Eric Trexler. Now let's get to the point. I mean, we haven't really talked about the super admin yet, have we, Eric, since since I've joined? And you look at the Verkata, the surveillance video, and I think that was a, a big factor of it, right? I think there was a, a weak password or a password that was readily found online somewhere. I don't know if it was a GitHub account, if I'm trying to remember, but it... it should one person have all the keys to the castle? I mean, that So that set that up a little bit big. for our listeners. That's pretty recent. Yeah. Yes. So um, go ahead, Rachel. No, you Jill, you go, you're going to do it much more eloquently than that. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, they say about 150,000 internet connected cameras from Verkata, which is an, a company that is utilized across all different industries. Um, were compromised and they were the a hacking collective basically um, managed to get access to both the live and archive video feeds across all sorts of um, organizations. Tesla was in there. Um, I believe uh, police uh, uh, yes. law enforcement agencies. Law enforcement, yes. Yes. Um, and and yeah, it was a matter of there being um, kind of multiple security issues that came out of it. I believe um, they said, let's see, um, they provided they confirmed that the attackers got illegal access via a server that was used by the support team to perform like bulk maintenance operations mm-hmm. on customer cameras. Um, and ended up going on through there because of the admin access and capabilities. But yeah, the suit that super admin mm-hmm. um, provide the top level access across basically all yeah. yes, yeah, which is huge. And it, I mean, it was an interesting scenario in part because of the type of information they were getting at. You know, normally you say, oh, there's risk of data exposure. Um, personal identifiable information, of course, but they were also, they had video where they were looking into a Tesla warehouse. Right. Um, they had video where they were um, seeing, and this introduces physical risk, like you talked about, seeing when people opened and closed, who was there and who was so not. Patterns and yeah. Yes. So yes. that's kind of where there's that merger of physical security and, um, and IT, IT that kind of introduced yeah. in the cloud. It was all, yeah, yeah. yeah. it wasn't on prem. No, and, no. Yeah. And the hacking collective, I think um, it was a person named Tilly, I believe, who, you know, kind of, uh, we wanted to identify this and, you know, for yes. various reasons, you know, white hat hacker ish, if you mm-hmm. will. Uh, and then, of course, over the weekend, you know, this person was uh, raided ostensibly for, you know, prior um, initiatives they executed. Yeah. But it, it also opens up the question then, you know, what happens to these kind of, you know, not whistleblower, but these people that kind of, you know, uh, open the kimono a little bit to some things yeah. that maybe we should be asking questions about, but then, oh, I'm going to go to jail. So why do I keep doing that? You know, so mm-hmm. it, it gets more and more complex here, which I think or is even worse. My buddies are going to get on me because they can't sell 
right. offensive tools because, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, th- th- there are a whole lot of reasons that people do what they do or don't right. in the yeah. space. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings up an interesting point that we've talked about a lot too, uh, you know, in my, on my editorial team is that offensive, you know, what is the role potentially of potential offensive tactics right. for an enterprise? I mean, most say, Ooh, we can't go there. But are there is there a means, you know, for, you know, them to better protect their network by pushing back against the adversary? Too risky. So, well, that gets, um, uh, you know, a comment that's difficult. Yeah. You know, how do you how do you have a florist shop go up against a nation state? Right. Right? And and (laughs) even if you're Microsoft, what do you do now? Maybe you restrict what you sell and where you sell it. Your partnerships, yeah. if you're a Microsoft, obviously the florist isn't going to have an, any, any yeah. impact whatsoever. But I, I right. do think that that's where diplomacy comes into play. And, and, and really, that needs to be the role of the federal governments yeah. of countries, mm-hmm. the yeah. national governments of countries. I, I, I personally mm-hmm. would argue that organizations should have the ability to hack back, if you will. I, right. I don't know. Some people would. Some would, yeah. It goes back and forth, but it's risky, yeah. certainly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite topics. But segueing, yes, yes. <laughs> it would All feel so long. good to get even, right? It's not yes. going to happen, though. I mean, that's just not uh, like, not going to happen. They're so aggressive right now, you know. I mean, yeah. they just like rapid fire at you, you know, and and just try to like cast this huge net and see what they can get. And then they start going after the high value targets. Why can I, you know, get, get a little bit ahead of that. I mean, we talked in the next five years, right. We could be ahead of this thing. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's part of that strategy. Yeah. You know, we'll talk after the podcast. It's not a recommended approach, Rachel. (laughs) I'm from Texas. You know, we like to get ahead of things like that. What can I say? Yeah. Even Texas should not go up against a nation state. That's my professional and personal opinion on the record. Okay. Okay. Don't mess with Texas, but sometimes, you know, they need a little help. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of help, though, I would love to kind of like a little little segue here into diversity, women in technology and, yes. you know, all the great work that you've been doing there, Jill, as well. Because if we are going to crack, you know, the proverbial security, you know, challenge nut, we need a lot of great minds, a lot of different points of view getting there. And I would love your your perspective on kind of, you know, what's happening there and, and what's going to happen in the next five years, what we're going to see. Absolutely. We um. We obviously just passed International Women's Day. We are in Women's History Month, so we can start there. Um, you know, I think progress is is being made. I, I had an interesting conversation with a couple of women in our field recently, and um, I do think we're getting there. Um, I think there's still a lot of work work to do. We put out um, at the end of last year our Women in IT Security Package, and and um, kind of honored certain women, um, but we also did just kind of focus on the challenges. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, women have not necessarily been provided the same opportunities in those technical roles. Um, So we're actually seeing them emerge where there's the need for those softer skills and so forth. But um, it's a little, it's taking time for them 
to get into the more technical side of um, cybersecurity, you know, opportunities. And I think what's right. always been the case, and I, I actually did an editorial when I was at Defense News that looked at this for the aerospace position or the aerospace industry is um, I think that it's really great when we see women at the top, when we mm -hmm. see them in a CISO position or a CEO position. But where it's really consequential is when there is really the feeder opportunities going up in organization. And um, and that's where we kind of really need to work at enabling women to work their way up in an organization in the same way that that men do so that then when they reach a certain level, we have a nice, diverse playing field going for these opportunities of leadership. Um, I think uh presence on boards. It's a similar yeah. scenario um, that also factors into these sorts of situations. And so um, so I do think there's there's progress, but I think it we just still have a ways to go to yeah. kind of pull women in. Um, so um, tell me, and, uh, tell me, I, I'd be interested in how the two of you being women feel when you see women on the board or a, a woman CEO like what changes? I, I can't relate. I, I suspect some of our audience can't relate, but what changes inside? How do you, how does that make you feel? Why is that important? Wow. That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I think it's encouraging because um, you feel like things like there's progress. It sometimes can be discouraging though, because it's celebrated in a way where it's like, wow, look, and this, again, I will refer to my past experience in defense right. and aerospace. And I remember we used to put out a top 100 companies of the biggest companies in that space. And people were saying, look, the number one company is led by a woman. At that point, it was Lockheed Martin and um, the CEO was a woman. But I was like, but look at all 100. I think there's four. Um, yeah, look right. at the other 96. Exactly. And exactly. I think sometimes there's a tendency to say, wow, look at the success. We've done it. And I think that is always <laughs> what my, right. um, my concern okay. is. It's like, okay, you know. Like we got to the moon. Yeah. We don't need to go back for another, whatever, 60 years or right, so. Right, right. And that's yeah. what I'm about kind of having that feeder pool. It's wonderful to see the really high profile success stories which are usually at the very top rung, but right. for there to be systematic change, it needs to go beyond just that top rung. Um, yeah. Someone had said to me recently in that recent conversation that women seem to get to the top by staying with a single organization for decades and mm -hmm. getting promoted and working their way right. up. Whereas men often get plucked and placed at the top. And you don't see that as often with women. At least you haven't. It's starting to improve a little bit. Right. But it's almost like this need to prove yourself and prove that you have a right to be there a little bit more than men perhaps have to do. Yeah. So I am definitely always encouraged, but I always follow it up with uh, we're not done yet scenario. hundred um, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when Rachel, you look at the population breakdown, there's more women than men. In it's the like population. 51, 49, right? Yeah. yeah. So why don't we see more of that it, at the top of, of uh, corporations? I mean, that's, yeah. and you read these, you know, kind of on the smaller company side or entrepreneurs, like these women led companies, uh, entrepreneurs, they tend to actually perform better mm -hmm. from a revenue perspective and longevity, which is also a fascinating 
thing. So when you start yeah. looking at all of these, you know, value propositions of, of why it makes sense and why mm -hmm. are we doing more of this? Um, I don't understand why it's not accelerating further, but it, I mean, it's yeah. great to see progress, but it shouldn't be like, oh, cool. We got one more in the club, you know, yeah. it, it shouldn't be a novelty at all. Do we ever we, get to the point where we don't see gender in business? I would love that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, we, I think many of us would, but do we ever get there? I know, I'd like to think we will. I'd yeah. like to think we would. I mean, it's um, if you think about technology specifically, you know, as discouraging as it may seem, it hasn't been that long that we've been talking about it, you know, right. really in the grand scheme of things. That's it feels true. like it's been a long time. But, um, you know, these sorts of changes, I think not only women, I should say the same for, you know, minorities and, yeah. you know, across the board. Right. It's like gradual progress. So I do think we'll get there. And I think um, the Me Too movement, among other, you know, um, you know, areas or specific uh, national conversations really kind of play a part, because I do think there's a little bit right now of a tendency to say for companies to say, gosh, we will look bad if we don't work harder at this. And as much right. as you don't want them to be inspired to make this sort of change right. because right. of publicity, whatever works as far right. as I'm concerned. It's, it's almost it's a form of affirmative action in some way to right. change a wrong. Yeah. They're yeah. finally starting. There are certain companies that are, are getting a little shamed if they're not, right. you know, if they don't have some degree of acceptable diversity they maybe could use a little bit more of it, but I do think it's now not quite as acceptable as it used to be. And I think that's yeah. step one towards change because then there's a little bit of a pressure point for companies to um, to really kind of bring that in. They're hearing about it from their boards. Right. Um, investors, I think something that's worth noting too, we did a really interesting feature as part of that women in IT security package that looked at women as investors mm -hmm. and they are... Um, dramatically underrepresented um, in the investor community. And unfortunately, people tend to invest with what they're familiar with and in people that they're familiar with and have things in common with. So it is kind of a perpetual um, yeah. systematic problem where if you don't have women, you know, within these, you know, uh, uh, venture capitalist groups that are funneling money into companies, and it is a bunch of, you know, men, you know, um, then they're going to probably invest in, in more men. So we right. need to, across the board, um, really get better representation of all minority groups um, within these influencer bubbles. And there's right. the investor community, there's the board community, um, and then, of course, there's the executive level. So kind so of this is called to the point. I'm just going to ask, <laughs> do the boards and executives, are they doing it because of the look or do they really realize like, hey, there's a whole population out here and we need the best, most diverse population we can working for this organization for shareholder success? What do you think? I think right now they're doing it because they will. I think many of them are doing it because they will look bad if they don't. However. I think the positive spin on that is there's going to be pretty fast realization that there's a lot of women that are very skilled and very capable and that they have been completely missing the boat by not acknowledging that fact and enabling these okay. women from the get go. So, so I'm hoping I think we'll, there's we'll still get the end result. Yeah, I'm hoping it leads Rachel, to the end yeah. result. Agree. 
No, hundred percent. However, we need to start getting there. Let's just get there. You know, I mean, that's that's half the battle. Let's get the ball rolling. And then once we start seeing all of these great value proposition metrics, right, and the consistency of those, I think then the light bulb goes off. Oh, snap. We are actually mm-hmm. on to something and we need to start tapping into this very quickly for our benefit. I mean, after yeah. all, right, if you're publicly traded, you want to squeeze out that extra dollar for your shareholders. And if you start seeing that come about, you're going to you're going to invest more in that. And, and I'm excited for that time. And I hope it's in the next five years. Or ten, <laughs> yeah. Well, I want, and I want to tie it back to cybersecurity. Right? Ah, yes. We we definitely need the help, right? Yeah. We right. need the diversity of thought. I mean, I I have seen tremendous gains from artists, from people who have no cybersecurity background, right. really, that came into the business. Mathematicians, and you yes. can argue, yeah, cryptologists. Okay, fine, but but people who have a very diverse background, yes. Yeah. Gender mm-hmm. and race diversity is, is, is a similar type of diversity that makes yeah. us better. So I do yeah. believe one will fill the ranks with people because we can't, we're so far behind on, on, on the talent pool, uh, talent acquisition. Um, but I think that diversity will make us, give us better thought too. Yes. Jill, I hope you're writing an article a decade from now, you know, that doesn't even touch on this. Yes, right? Just, exactly. wow, we have done X, Y, and Z because we thought differently. Mm-hmm. Breaking exactly. down those biases. And to your point in terms of are they doing it because they recognize um, the need? I do think there's um, what I hear from women over and over. And we wrote about this, too, is mentoring doesn't really work, but mm. advocacy does. Yes. And there is. OK, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to stop you right there just yep. to make sure we're clear for all of our listeners. What mm-hmm. do you mean? So if you look at historically, we would hear, we would, as a woman, I was told you need a mentor. You need someone to guide you through your career. And and everybody should have mentors more than one, but I agree with you. Go on. Yeah. And I think there's a benefit to that. What I'm hearing more recently and I could understand is um, mentors are great, but you need an advocate. You need someone with a certain degree of seniority in an organization that is going to advocate for you and say, Mm -hmm. not only here's what you should do, female person, but also, hey, executive board, this person is amazing and they should be considered for that. And they're ready. Let's look at them for this position. So, so, okay. So if you're a young, get them training. That's exactly. If you're a young woman entering the technology workforce today, what I'm hearing you say guidance-wise is, hey, you need to go out there and get a sponsor, an advocate. You need to get someone that you yeah. can work for that's going to tell you the things that you need to hear, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yep. they're also going to advocate for you. Yep. They're going to look out for you, both where you are now in your career, but hopefully in the future. Seek that type of person out. Exactly. 100%. A person who, and I don't, I won't. It doesn't have to be a woman, another woman. It could be a man. Right. And I think in this situation, because it's a little off kilter in terms of the numbers, you know, as long as we can get men to be willing to stand up and truly advocate for talented women. I mean, this is the scenario where they need to make sure their name is mentioned. They need to make sure they get recognition internally for jobs well done. Um, That is really what many people are saying um, will move the needle needle makes a difference because that's what leads to people rising up and finding new opportunities. You know, it's all about advocacy and networking. And I think because there's not as many women in these organizations, the natural advocates are not 
not there as prevalently. So there, right. this needs to be someone you look for, you talk to them, actually ask. I'm looking for someone, yes, to mentor me, but I need someone also to be my advocate, assuming mm-hmm. I prove myself worthy of that. And that I think really will make a big difference. Okay. And then to those mentors and advocates out there, have the open dialogue early and often right. with women that you're yeah. mentoring or you're advocating for. Where do you want to go? Right. How soon do you want to get there? What do you want to do? What are you passionate about? How can mm-hmm. I help you? Yeah. What do you need yeah. to get that done? And it's, it is. So it's, it's advocating for opportunities, but it's advocating, you know, like I mentioned training, you know, what is, mm-hmm. is there a gap in terms of the skill sets that you weren't able to get moving up that you really think would be, you know, would make a big difference? How can I help you get that? You know, mm-hmm. can I convince um, a company to pay for the training you need because you will be a more skilled asset within our organization. Right. And, you know, can I put you in touch with the SANS or some other institute that can offer the training that you need um, and introduce you to the people that can get you there? I think that's yeah. that will be consequential for um, women, young women, you know, across the board that are trying yeah. to really kind of make it into an organization. Yep. Yeah. Cyber is such a small industry, Eric, as you know, and you, know, you think of all the people that, you know, you kind of help come up along the way. Hey, at some point, you know, you may be knocking on their door when they're in that position, <laughs> the executive position mm-hmm. saying, hey, could you could you need my skill set, too? So it always comes full circle as well. You yeah. know, yeah, I think when you when you give yeah. it, it comes back too. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. But I, I think, <laughs> you know, as, as a leader in a business, your role, your primary function is to find the best possible people, the most qualified right. candidates put them in the role and put them in a position to succeed. Yes. Yes. Gender, race, belief. I don't care. Take it off the table for a second. And I know that doesn't happen in most, but but your your primary role is to put good people in a position Mm -hmm. and enable them. Right. And that's, so you don't need to think about how it may help you in the future. That's your job right now. Not at all, but it's just something that, I mean, I, I think when you think about it, you know, kind of holistically, you know, obviously you don't go into it for a payback at all, um, you know, but again, it's, it's a small industry. Why can't we help each other? It's like threat intelligence sharing. Oh, we should. Why yeah. can't no, we help enough. each other? Right. Yeah. And in the end, we all win at the end of the day. So is, why not? It's nothing to, to lose. The point that what will get you there? Well, what will get you to the point where that pool of talented people is diverse is by people having advocates when they're first yeah. entering and by creating, again, that feeder pool, like I mentioned, right. so they are coming in and they have advocates and they're getting the skills they need so that suddenly they're filtering up the ranks. And when you have an opening for a very high level security individual, you happen to have five qualified people, a couple of them may be women, one may be a minority, and you get to choose whoever is most skilled at that opportunity because right. yes. they were brought up, you Which know? Great. Um, yeah. That's the goal. That's where we want to yeah. get. So, 100%. Um, yeah. What what a great discussion. Yes. 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 Terrific discussion. Oh, the cybersecurity infosec stuff. We can't win there, it seems. But on this one, this is a topic we can win on. We can all be better at this. I love it. I love it. And actually, we are right now doing our SE awards like um, yes. are going to be announced the first week in May and we already judge and close. And I'm looking and seeing, and these are not, now we do have women in IT security where we recognize women only. This is for everyone. And I'm looking to see, okay, just out of curiosity, do we have mm-hmm. women as entrants? First of all, did right. we get enough women that submitted 
um, either themselves or their colleagues submitted for them. And then on top of it, you know, did the judges, you know, did they rise to the top? We don't want the judges necessarily to pick right. based on status, but, you right. know, um, so that's been interesting to look at. You know, I think that'll be an interesting when we don't need to have women in IT security as a separate package because right. there's just as many women being recognized as men in our other um, programs. That'll be a sign. You know, I want to statistically track how we're doing, you know, in terms of the number of women that are getting getting up there. Um, but it's important. And like the final thought on that, again, we did um, at my prior role that I mentioned with Defense News, we had a conference and we got dinged for it. I wrote this is the editorial that I wrote. We got dinged because at our conference we had um, all day conference panels, keynotes. We had two women that were ah. speaking. Mm -hmm. um, both were from industry, if I remember correctly. And a women's group in the aerospace community came out and criticized us for it mm -hmm. and said, you know, what is this? There's so many talented women in this industry. Why are they not up there? And it was, and I acknowledged we should have tried harder, but at the same time, just like cybersecurity, People come to these events looking to hear from the top rung, looking right. to hear from the decision makers. Right. And we were in a situation that all of those decision makers, most of them were men. And we'd request yeah. a woman and they turn around and give us the men. No, no, no. This person's more qualified to speak. Right. And, we're <laughs> and so it's hard. It is hard right. to change the dialogue. And I think, um, you know, that's on everyone. I think as we put out events, I think it's on us. We make a really... We make a big effort in our own events at SC Media and across to say, OK, that's this person would be great. You know, here's a woman that would be fantastic. I want her to come mm -hmm. and speak. And, you know, that's right now we do need to make sure we give it thought and that there's an acknowledgement in our brains that this has to be top of mind. So. Yeah, we're living in a time where we've had women leaders of, of, of nations. We have a female a woman vice president in, in the United States women senators, yeah. congresswomen. I mean, I, I don't buy yeah. that. I don't buy that. There are a lot of qualified people out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think all the markets have to get there. All the industries need to, to finally get there. Um, yeah. So we're getting closer. I would say that. Exactly. We're making progress. That, that is, progress. We're, we're, we're making progress. Mm -hmm. So I know we're at the end of time here, Jill. I'd yes. love to end this with a quote from your from your your article on uh, Sunburst, if I may. Okay. You were you were talking about it. I think it was a December twenty second or so article. You yes. talk about the power comes from humility. Mm. Similar to nine eleven, we need to uh, shore up security, but to improve collaboration. And you talk about that. But the line I love that you ended it with, and I I'll, I'll be very candid. I love your writing style. Oh, you ended you. it with, yes. because yes, America, we've been humbled. You're talking about solar winds. And I would yep. say to apply probably to the latter part of the discussion we just had on, on women in, in the workforce and cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. But you ended with what matters most, however, is what we do now. Yep. Absolutely. What a, what a great ending. I love that. Thank you. And you say you like my writing. I only write well when I, when I, I love your style about the yeah. topic. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the style yeah. though. It's yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was, I was proud of that one. It was an important topic. You should so. be. It is. And it does yeah. matter what we yeah. do now. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what matters. 
And we should talk in six months or maybe sooner and say, what did we do? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You want to do six months? I'll put you on the calendar. Rachel, I'll get you on the calendar. Yeah, I think we'll we may need six, six years. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> heck, your article with yeah. your interview with Kevin, you needed eight years and we still haven't made progress. <laughs> Let's be optimistic, though. Yes, we have an opportunity to excel. Yeah. Yes. The question is, will we? Will we'll we take that challenge up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we this will. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for, for joining no. us. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thanks everyone. Another great episode of To The Point, episode 126 with Jill Toro, And we'll see you next week. Until then, be sure to subscribe so you can get a fresh episode delivered right to your inbox every week on Tuesday. Bye. Hit that subscribe button, everybody. Yeah. Joe Itero, thank you so much. It was a great conversation. Oh, it's terrific. I would do this all day. Yes. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts.